Jane. Hey, Issa. <laughs> Hi, Issa. This is Under the Bleachers. We're two adults who watch and discuss movies for teens. This week, Cruel Intentions, 1999. Uh, you were waiting for it. Uh, my 40-year-old brother-in-law chuckled mysteriously when I said we were doing this movie. Um, but first, <laughs> Jane, you had a Taco Bell story? I do. Okay. So important context for this is I'm trying to eat healthy for for health reasons. Um, Not serious, but I do have to eat healthy. So I'm on a trip with my boyfriend in the Poconos in Dingman's Ferry, and we planned a delicious meal of salmon and asparagus. Um, But on the way, I got Taco Bell, (laughs) and it was really good. And so my boyfriend ate salmon and asparagus by himself, and then last night he threw up a lot. So Wait, so you did- Oh, what- (laughs) So God is rewarding me Wait, for so getting Taco Bell. You didn't even eat the salmon and a No, I ate too much Taco Bell. I thought you ate both. Um, also, you probably can hear the beautiful wildlife behind me, the birds yelling. So what did that's... you eat? Because you're in heaven. What did you eat um, <laughs> at Taco Bell? I got a Crunchwrap Supreme and I forgot to sub meat for beans, which is just a preference. I love the beans. And then I got... Because they got rid of the seven-layer burrito, so I just got the bean burrito, and I added some other stuff, and I didn't realize it had chicken in it, so I just got the most meaty meal that I've ever had at Taco Bell, and it was so good. It was really good. Um, I'm happy for you. Thank you. Uh, did you guys get food poisoning from the salmon? Is that what happened? And by you guys, you mean Walter, because I didn't eat yeah. it. Um, I Maybe he's fine, though, and I feel like food poisoning usually, like, fucks oh, you Jesus. up for, for okay. longer. Anyway, what's your story? My story is that I went to a coworker. This is actually related to teen or like high school content. I went to a coworker happy hour, um, and I uh, basically relayed like something I had seen on Twitter, which is like, ha ha ha! Like a lot of people say New York is so crazy because the ten hottest people and the ten craziest people from your high school moved to New York. Like that's like a tweet I've seen at some mm. at some time. And, like, I meant it just to be, like, ha, 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 like, what do you think? And then, like, around the table, everyone was, like, oh, my gosh, which one am I? Oh. But Um, also, where are all these people from? Because, like, we don't have that. So I'm from New Jersey. I'm from 20 miles outside of Manhattan. We don't have that. Because, like, everyone moves to New York. I guess a lot of them are from the West Coast. So, like, maybe it's true. That's Um, a big, yeah, that's a big move. Yeah, but I felt bad because then, like. We just, like, dwelled on it for too long, you know? That's hard. Did everyone walk away thinking they're crazy? I mean... One guy was literally like, I'm going to be thinking about this, like, every time I use Tinder now. And I was like... (laughs) I think you shouldn't take any tweet that seriously, personally. Like, there's no tweet in the world that deserves that much thought. I agree, and I feel bad that I didn't... I should have had a disclaimer. And I think you should introduce our guests because they would never do that. Okay. <laughs> Claire Austin Smith is a stand-up comedian and filmmaker based in Brooklyn. Is that Hi correct? There. Yeah, I live in New York now. Hi, guys. Wow, so <laughs> you can weigh in on this. Yes. Well, okay, so I'm from Chicago, so I'm like, who did move? And I will say the girl, like, I, it's it's true for some of it, that one of the girls in my grade who moved to New York is now, and it's Laura Harrier. She was in Spider-Man. 
Um, she's a model. She's yeah. in the new Mike Tyson biopic that came out. She's like, she was in that Spike Lee movie. Wait, you like know uh, her? Well, we were like in school together. I wouldn't say we were like besties. We like exactly have free period. She's obviously about. very popular. She's the hottie. Okay, Jane, did you watch the first, um, this, the new Spider-Man and he has a crush on someone and she's not Zendaya in like the first of those movies? Mm, I, I did, but I don't, I, okay, I, I believe, I, I just, exactly I believe you. you're talking about. Anyway, um, but I, but I also think that, um, I, I she would she would perhaps take the tweet very seriously because she's like, yeah, that's me. Oh yeah, well, it's the funniest thing is that her name is Laura Harrier. She's always been really cool and beautiful. She's always super nice in high school. Um, of, course, of course, but now that she's famous, first she when she was modeling, they were like, no, you your name needs to be Laura Ruth, so they mm. wouldn't let her be Laura Harrier. And then when she transitioned from modeling to acting, she became. Laura Her- Harrier for a little bit, but now it's Harrier. They just like what? pronounce the end French to because sound more so exotic. Because stupid. you can't. Because it sounds like Harrier. Like hair. you can't be Midwestern. Hollywood will not let you be Midwestern if you're a hot girl or Harry. Oh my god, <laughs> Laura she's Harry. really gorgeous. Wow. She's so beautiful. yeah. They should have just changed it to Harry. <laughs> she should have just tried to go by Laura. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it's so I feel like she's the. Most famous, well, I guess we're not talking Hot about girl. She's definitely the hottest person from my high school, at least my grade. And she moved to New York because she was so hot. She yeah, yeah, that's exactly you gotta, why. We need you. Come on, <laughs> come on. Get out of the Midwest. Claire, we like to ask everybody who comes on the pod, what type of teen were you? Mm-hmm. Hmm, okay, I feel like I started high school as like, I love punk rock. I am okay. counterculture. I am alt. So I was like punk rock girl. I would like take the train into Chicago with my friends. We'd all lie to our parents and go to like punk concerts wow. we found on myspace.com. Um, you couldn't buy skinny jeans yet. So we would sew our regular jeans tight because punk <laughs> rock is like where skinny jeans come from. So we'd be taking like Target jeans, we'd turn them inside out, put them on, and then for some reason like we used dental floss. We could have just gone bond like the right kind of thread. And then we would like sew them as tight as possible to be like skin tight to our legs. And then we wow. would be like we're punk and we put like wow. I put like patches on my jean jacket and wear like a studded belt. Wow. Which is so funny. Cause I'm How like, long did that last? Incredibly like, cool. Like, are you still punk? Do you still no, identify I mean, as I punk? I don't know. I feel, like, I feel like when you're a kid, you're like, I need a group. Identify me. And then you kind of like, get absolutely. older and you're like, I, I, theoretically, you should grow out of it. I feel like because you have more of a prefrontal cortex. <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah. Do you, feel, do you feel offended by Gen Z now being into, like, really baggy pants and, like... <laughs> No, I love dad baggy pants. pants. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm like, okay. this is so much more comfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the dad jean, the skinny the, jeans are the mom jean. Are they flattering? Know. Like, are they I flattering on know. many people? On anyone? Even I think so. I think for me, as someone who is absolutely not punk, unfortunately, I think skinny <laughs> jeans' purpose is for when you how ha- you want to wear just like a big sweater and jeans yes but you don't want to wear leggings mm. um so you the leggings of jeans slightly more yes exactly and so I can't in those in- situations it's been perfect i agree i i can't get into the like all baggy look because 
I feel like that really works if you have a specific body type, but it's like, if you show one hint of a breast, it's like, all of a sudden, you just look fucked up, because if you... Like, it's like that outfit's not supposed to catch on anything. You're supposed to be like a scarecrow, like, loose in the wind. And so the second it has, like, a crevice to get into... Yeah, you're supposed to look like... It's as if, like, there's, like, a pencil inside of a balloon. Like, that's what Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be like. You're supposed to be stick figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hangman um, man. Mm-hmm. Just wearing mm-hmm. comfortable hangman clothing. Man. <laughs> hangman man, otherwise known as a stick man. Um, okay, it's not really related to punk, but because you brought up music, Claire, mm-hmm. I want to ask: Does do people in here have a relationship with the song "Bittersweet Symphony" by The Verve? Like, yes. What's, I... what's your relationship with that song? Okay, so first I should preface this that I was a late bloomer when it came to movies. Like I. For some reason, we didn't have cable growing up. My parents were never big movie people. So, like, we didn't really watch a lot of movies or TV. And then when I was in college and after, I just, like, kind of never picked it up. I think I would just get, I get, like, too stressed out. I, like, over-empathize with everyone. So (laughs) it took me so long to watch Cruel Intentions. I think the first time I watched it was in college. But I recognized the song right away because, like, everybody loved that song from that movie. And then my friend who was a DJ at the college radio station got in trouble because she played that song and they were like, that's too mainstream. Like that was top 40. But she was like, yeah, like in the nineties or whatever the movie came (laughs) out. Can someone please sing the song for me? (laughs) Just trigger my memory. Like what is the song? I'm not that You know how like in the start of the song, there's just like the synthesizer theme. That's like, okay you got me you got me there you guys did it you guys did it good job well i i think that's interesting claire because my memory of it is that like a cool girl in like 20 in like 2010 or like 2009 i a cool girl was like listening to it and was like listen to this song and so it was like a decade later but then it was like cool because of that Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my relationship with the song is that someone sort of intimidating to me like had it on our playlist and was like I just love listening to this song <laughs> and I was like okay I guess it's good <laughs> this mainstream <laughs> this mainstream music uh, like retro mainstream music is so important in my life because mm-hmm. I feel like I've always liked pop music but I yeah. also love like Mamas and the Papas and Joni Mitchell mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. all of this stuff that was popular back then and so when I when I engage with people who like don't like pop music I sort of feel like I don't know. I feel vindicated by being like, but Joni Mitchell was so popular, like, and she's really good. I don't know. I get. I yeah, think I have I think, some insecurity I think like about now, like. Well, Taylor I think Swift. it's gonna come up. It's gonna come out on your side, is what I'm saying. Yeah, because like now, like people are like, oh my god, like Gwen Stefani's like older stuff, and right? Like, yeah, like, that was fuck you. I would like watch the music video on MTV. Like I don't know. Like I don't I'm gonna know. say something polemical, and that's if you don't. In like pop music, or at least can understand like why it's important and big. Like you're a fucking loser, and you don't have fun in your life. You're too Agreed. up your ass. Like what the fuck? It's like Hell shared yeah. culture, and it's Hell cool. Yeah. Like some of it's really cool and it's like cool. interesting. It's part of being human, I think. It's and like, also, there's we're actually so very smart of it. for like paying attention to it. We are, there <laughs> yes. is, and at at this point, like obviously music listening has changed like there's so much pop music that for you to say that you don't like all of it is just cuckoo crazy 
Like yeah. you, you, there's gonna be something you like. Sorry, I'm on my, I'm on my high okay, horse. Speaking <laughs> of cuckoo crazy, we should talk about this film. Oh um, god. Mm-hmm. I also feel that I watched this relatively late, but um, Claire, do you remember the first time you watched it? I actually don't. <laughs> wow. I really don't remember the first time I watched it, and um, I was rewatching it, you know, for the podcast, and I was like. I feel like before I rewatched it, I remember about 17 seconds of it. Like, I thought, I remember, I, like, forgot Selma Blair was in it. I was like, oh, my God, this cast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. I forgot. I also forgot Selma Blair was in it. I, my relationship with this movie is that I had never seen it. um, But one of my best friends from high school, I remember, like, had a meltdown when she first saw it. And she was like, that movie's so crazy. And she was, um... She was, like, a friend with, like, many older siblings, and so it was a situation where she was probably too young to see it, and, like, they all saw it, and, like, she happened to be in the room, and she was like, that movie is so crazy, like, (laughs) I have no idea what's happening, and I was like, oh, it's probably, like, fine, and she's just, like, excitable, but, like, I understand (laughs) completely. Absolutely. I think we were, like, 11, and she was like, I don't understand, like, what (laughs) happened in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, Jane. I, I had tried to watch it with my boyfriend, and then we like it petered out for some reason. I, I don't remember exactly. It was probably me. Like Walter's usually more down to like watch something to completion, where I'm like, Meh, I want to do something else. To so, completion. Sorry. To, yeah, he <laughs> takes that. things to He'll completion. He'll jack the movie off <laughs> all the time. Um, but anyway, so I really hadn't seen it in full, and I I sort of had a similar reaction to your friend. <laughs> Jane, something that's very funny uh, in relation to this podcast is that the director of Cruel Intentions, uh, Roger Cumble, also directed the sequel to the Netflix movie After, called After We Collided, Mm. which I think Mm. is beautiful and poetic Mm -hmm. and makes sense. Um, But I thought that was a fun tie-in to Under the Bleachers, and it's like he did it for us, you know? Does that mean we have to watch the sequel? (laughs) Maybe. Um, Claire, do you have any relationship to each of these act to any of these actors? Like which one like really resonated with you? Well, it's really fun to see them all so young because I know you said yeah. it's a stat cast, but it's like Ryan Felipe, um, Selma Blair, fucking Sarah Michelle Geller, um, Reese Witherspoon. Oh, yeah. Like every time a character pops up, you're like, Oh my god. Christine Baranski's mm-hmm. in the fucking movie. Like, oh my come on. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean, I feel like I, I, it just had such an appeal. Like, I feel like the difference was when I remember watching it as a kid, I was like, oh, this is normal. I guess this is what (laughs) people do. Like, not everyone, but some people. And then watching it now, I'm like, this is so fucking crazy. They're all like 17 and they're like sociopaths and like, um, also, the way they talk is, like, I'm, like, I didn't, I meant to re- look up how old the writer was, but I was, like, this is a 45-year-old man talking about, like, when they talk about women's bodies, Sarah Michelle Gellar's is, oh, like, supple right. breasts. I'm, like, mm. ah! who says that? When you're 17? No. Because right. everyone's breasts are supple when you're 17. <laughs> and you don't like know breasts. what that word is. Like, yes, yeah, <laughs> in general, like, breasts should be somewhat supple. Like, just yeah. biologically, like, Her breasts not... are rock hard, kind of yeah, scary not... thing <laughs> to not... say. They don't, like, get erections. Um, I think that, like... (laughs) um, I think that probably, for me, seeing Reese Witherspoon was, like, the most, like, oh my god, she looks so young. Just because, like, I associate, like, Sarah Michelle Gellar and, like, Selma Mm -hmm. Blair 
with movies from this time period and i was like wow reese reese looks like baby i know i was like one day she'll have her own book club (laughs) (laughs) she'll have reese's book club yeah she was a standout she was a standout for me too i i think i i feel similarly in that i mean all of these people still have like careers and are like doing fine but reese witherspoon is like really popping off in her middle age i guess um yeah yeah and she is just so she's supple like all of her (laughs) you know what i mean like her face is fully supple do you know what i mean who tara reed was also in this movie she plays the therapist's daughter and also like okay i know we have plot points but i really just have to say in the beginning of the movie sebastian's character codes a website (laughs) that he expertly photoshops his therapist's naked daughter's naked photos onto that says i'm a slut over and over like he's a coding genius yeah i and in 1999 that's like a lot like <laughs> i also watched this movie with my boyfriend and i said oh my god tara reed's in this movie i can't believe it and he said who is tara reed <gasps> this is boy this is boy ignorance i just like i don't understand i was like you need to be put down what the fuck did you just say to me <laughs> Jade and I have a theory, which is that boys love boys most. Yeah, all boys love boys. All boys love boys. On that, sort of on that topic, about a year ago, I, like, mentioned something about porn on Instagram, and my boyfriend said, you can see, like, there's porn on Instagram. (laughs) Okay. Both of these men need to be euthanized. (laughs) No, protect him. But anyway, right. Anyway, um, this movie was initially a small film. Was picked up by Columbia Pictures, had mixed reviews, but was, like, a box office hit and, like, became a prequel, became a sequel, became a jukebox musical in 2015. What? Which I feel like I would see. Absolutely. Um, Wow. But generally kind of a cult classic, um, you know, spawning many, probably many 11-year-olds who are like, what the fuck is going on with this movie? Um, And I think, like... Because I'm thinking of my brother-in-law, who is 40, so, like, when it came out for him, he, like, he he just, like, chuckled, like, oh, what a time. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I mean, the movie's horny as hell. It's so horny. Yes. Like, <laughs> I just, like, choked on my own saliva. It is <laughs> absurd. Okay, I, Jane, let's get into it. I need to, I do have one little tidbit, which is Kaysen, former guest Kaysen saw the, our upcoming episodes, which we post on Patreon. And I was like, we don't, we're not doing any scary movies for Halloween. And he messaged me and said, actually, you are. Cool intentions. (laughs) Uh, It is scary. (laughs) Okay, let's start. Sebastian is a rich teen who has fun seducing young women. His stepsister, Catherine, is a popular student whose ex-boyfriend left her for innocent Cecile. Catherine wants Sebastian to seduce Cecile, spoiling her in Court's eyes. Wait, Court? Who's Court? Court is her ex-boyfriend that... Um, dumped her. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's a oh, thank you guy for that knowing. We, we literally almost never plot. see him. Okay, yeah. cool. Sebastian refuses because he is planning to seduce Annette, the headmaster's virgin daughter. After some negotiation, they agree on a wager. If Sebastian fails to seduce Annette, Catherine gets Sebastian's car. If he succeeds, Catherine will have sex with him. Annette is conveniently staying at Sebastian's aunt's home, but their first meeting doesn't go well. Sebastian criticizes Annette's belief in abstinence before marriage, and Annette says a friend wrote her a letter explaining Sebastian's bad reputation. (laughs) People are writing letters being like, stay away from this slutty man. (laughs) 
Let I, me put pen I, to paper and warn you. <laughs> I do want to say, why would you name a son Court? Like, that's my main question here. And I think that, in general, the names are... The names are very, um, like, Gossip Girl. Um, and, in fact, like, the vibes are, like, very Gossip Girl. Um, I think that, like, this guy... I think that this character, like, walked so that Chuck Bass yes. could run. Like, I think, like, that's why he exists. And, like, I was basically, what are these types of men? Like, was this something that, like, girls wanted in 1999? Like, is that... Mm, rapist? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so I was looking it up, and I guess the the plot is based on this, like, 19, 1700s French guy wrote a... Uh, novel so about like the, how the upper class like to kind of be like indemnify the upper class so i feel like it is trying to just be like ew look at these poor little rich kids they're just like making their own mess right dangerously mm-hmm. and i think like it's they they were like let's do let's sort of make fun of manhattan kids mm-hmm. um but i also feel that it it became iconic because people were like that's is that how people talk? And I think, like, yeah. maybe in 1999, some mm. people were like, that is how New York kids talk. You know what I mean? Like, they yes, were like, they're yeah. intellectual. Exactly. They're precocious. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, they read the dictionary for fun, you know? Like, Sebastian had a study. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I have a study, but it's just our I one. Said, it's the one I other room is, we have in our apartment. <laughs> I said he is um, Justin Timberlake vibes, like the hair. Mm-hmm. Um, it is that time. I also said that. Ansel Elgort sort of speaks like him, like there's like marbles in his mouth, and that really bothered me actually. Like I needed him to open his mouth more and speak. Yeah, he talks um, like from his lips. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Use your chest. He's like I <laughs> <laughs> she just made a face. Um I also got very strong gossip girl ancestry, like this weird semi satire, but like semi like um championing like there, there's always this like i feel like if a, a satire is bad you it's sort of like when you say something as a joke when you're like slay all day haha it's so stupid i say that and then a month later you're like slay all day and like your brain just changes to absolutely love it like i think there can be some confusion with satire um also <laughs> yeah. important context I had watched the show Naked Attraction prior to watching this movie. Oh, my God. And Naked Attraction is a UK show where they, <laughs> where people, like, pick who they want to go on a date with based on their fully nude body. Like, they see their genitals on TV, and then they get naked, and then they go on a date. And so after watching the show, I was feeling, like, really puritanical and just, like, disgusted. And I didn't – I, like, was not in the mood to see Stepsisters, like, yeah, talking you were, like, the way they did. Traumatized. <laughs> you were, like, traumatized. Like, she says – Okay, so they're doing this wager, and he's, like, not into it. He's like, I don't know. And then she says, you can put it anywhere. And he's like, eyebrow raise, like, I'm in. Like, it's so gross. Anal sex is the plot catalyst. I wrote that. Well, actually, in my my notes, I did just write anal sex, LOL. (laughs) Claire, what are your thoughts on, so, like, one common thread this movie has with Clueless is this, like, step-siblings fascination. And I was, like, curious about what you thought about that. Well, it's kind of funny because I feel like at least there was a time in the comedy world a couple of years ago, well, pre-pandemic, I guess, where like, I felt like in Chicago, everyone had incest porn jokes, like, mm-hmm. and by everyone, I mean, like, I hosted an open mic, so like, let me just say served in the trenches of the incest porn joke <laughs> wars yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of hearing them all. Um, <laughs> so it kind of made me laugh because I was like, wow, this is like precursor to like this sort of trend of like one porn you can is becoming more is like more mainstream i guess more people talk about it and two like 
incest porn is really popular. Like, yeah. so I don't know. That seemed like, an, like, I'm just kind of like, well, I guess they're step-siblings. And honestly, their parents are never around. So, like, yeah. they only have themselves to blame, I think, <laughs> yeah. if their kids fuck each other. Like, where are you, bitch? Where, why are you not at home? <laughs> and, like, your your children are so hot and, like, psycho that, like, you cannot leave them alone with each other no. if they're straight. Like, just don't do it. Like, I I also think, like, the opening therapist scene is also very bizarre because I, I do think, like, it, it isn't really related. To me, it's, like, not really that related to the rest of the story. It's almost just, like, Sebastian, like, and the therapist being weird. Um, but I, but it sort of starts the movie with, like, the the kids are smarter than the adults. Yeah. Therefore, mm-hmm. there will be no more adults. Mm-hmm. Like, they're gone. Mm-hmm. That's very true. <laughs> like, they're, they're dopey. They're, like, the aunt. It's just like, la, la, la. I love my nephew or whatever. Like, but no one is And that's what impactful. kid, kid watching, movie watching kids and teens, they don't want adults. So in some ways, like, that's, that's a so pretty true. good choice on the director, whatever, writer's uh, they did a good job my question was um, when you think back to teens if you had teens that were super into abstinence at your school <laughs> like if you think back to them like what was their like aesthetic and like Ooh. yeah I was just curious about that because Reese Witherspoon is this like angelic oh baby. yeah literally wearing yeah. white very yeah. very on the nose I, I don't think that I knew anyone okay yeah or or also like i think there are some people who did wait until marriage but that it was never like it wasn't their personality and like i know some people who like their their baddest days were when they were in eighth grade and friends with me so (laughs) they then they like became abstinent i don't i don't know if we had any like vocal absence people we just had one girl who was like a creationist Oh. So I'm assuming she was also abstinence only. They go hand like, in hand. Yeah. It's interesting because I don't think I would know if anyone was creationist, but it sounds like this girl made it known. Yes, because we I was in biology class with her and she was like trying to like do a gotcha moment with the teacher mm. about evolution mm. and, Ugh. you know, he ran circles around her in a kind way, but like. Yeah. Hey, you don't want to get sued. Her. Yeah. And she needs to, like, practice that if she wants to do that later. You know, she's got to, like, fail a few times. Well, like, she was just like, how do we know there were dinosaurs if we don't, like, see them around us right now? And he's like, well, we have their bones and we can, like, tell. And she's like, mm, but that doesn't prove anything. And he's like, well, how do I know that your great-great-great-grandparents are here? And she was like, well, because I'm here. And he was like, mic drop, bitch. <laughs> like, I, he was like, I don't have your grandparents' bones. Like, like <laughs> he really he did. did. A good, he did a good what was, job. What, what if he what had the her? bones? <laughs> then he'd be the coolest biology teacher of That'd all be time. Sick. Instead of mic drop, he dropped the bones. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> and guess what? I have their ashes. I went to your house. <laughs> um, what was her aesthetic like? Did she dress like Reese Witherspoon? I feel like it was like it was like Delia's light or something. Oh. Like it was like. <laughs> The khaki flares, but they looked weird. Oh, like, interesting. I don't know. She just weird. was very modest, but like, I feel like when you're when you're like a kid, you, you're not like, oh, that person's dressing modest because you're like all fifteen. So like, yeah. you know, it's normal to wear like 
clothes that cover your body, I guess. But um. <laughs> yeah, I um, I was thinking about the one person I know who was like sort of publicly like, mm. we're gonna wait until marriage. Um, I went to Catholic school, but mm. like there was a range, and she um, she was like two years ahead of me in school. She was like semi like locally famous because when she did get married, they like were like on a talk show about how they waited um, until marriage, which I thought was weird. Um, their first uh, kiss was at their wedding. Um, but she was very nice, very, like, accomplished. I would say that her vibe was, like, you're not a mom yet, but, like, you're a mom. You know what I mean? Like, mm. you're, like, a power mom, but you're yeah. 16, you know? I mean, that's and, what her body was was put on this earth for. And she wore, like... <laughs> She's she simply would, like, a vessel. Wear, she was, like, the first person I saw, like, wearing blazers, like, fashionably. <laughs> you know what I mean? That doesn't... That's an interesting mix of, like, god child and, like, power bitch blazer mm-hmm. wearing. It's like, yeah, it's, like, lady. girl boss, but, like, girl boss at being absolute. Girly god boss. <laughs> god boss. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. Okay, I did just want to mention there was a casual oh. F slur, which was like really dates the movie. You're like, whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, okay. And then he's journaling and she's like, what are you queer? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, actually, yeah, that's a queer activity. Okay? <laughs> yeah, and she's really right. Is. Okay, <laughs> Catherine gives Cecile kissing lessons in the park. Sebastian <laughs> suspects that Greg, a closeted football player who knows Annette, is behind the letter. He blackmails him into putting in a good word with Annette and learns the letter writer is Cecile's mom. As a result, Sebastian agrees to corrupt Cecile as revenge. Catherine tells Cecile's mom about her romance with cello teacher Ronald, who then ends their relationship because Ronald is black. Sebastian tells Cecile he has a letter from Ronald. He then gets Cecile drunk and blackmails her into allowing him to perform oral sex on her. Meanwhile, Sebastian is making progress and winning over Annette. How do they have, you know, what are they, what, what are they go like, what's the time frame of the movie? And, like, how do you have time to do all this? You're going to upstate every 45 minutes. You're back at the mansion every 13 seconds. But I have to say, this part of the movie did give me, give me, like, my favorite line, one of my favorite lines with Cecile and her music teacher and Christine Baranski, who's the mom, like, name I can't remember. She goes, in, like, us blushing, she's, like, simpering. She goes, Dr. King is my favorite. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, I, this is crazy as fuck. I, I know. I truly, like, I, like, did a spit take, essentially. I was like, damn, this movie does not hold back. It's, yes. like, campy, kind of, how crazy oh, it is. Yeah. Cecile yeah. is maybe one of the more upsetting characters to me like yeah she's supposed to be acting young and innocent but she's acting like an actual like toddler like the way that she, like she's really goo goo gaga it up like and it's <laughs> she really does splits upsetting. with her pussy out in front of the music teacher it's I so funny i was like this movie's she's funny like, <laughs> she's supposed to be like a porn star it feels like she, she's supposed to have mm. the like lobotomized affect that lobotomized like lobotomized is right oh porn <laughs> like I know. And then she's also like, I was just like, how, I wrote down, how can you be that naive with Christine Baranski as your mom? Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah, she, she would have, yeah, she, she wouldn't you. put up with that. I, at this point, I have the note, is this okay? It sort of feels strange. So, like, there are things brewing within me that, like, this <laughs> yeah, isn't, yeah, yeah. this isn't working for me. At the same time, I love the rich aesthetic. Like, I'm all about the huge house, all of the furniture, like, 
There's people. no one there. Like, th- th- this is just a huge <laughs> empty house with books that have, like, never been touched. Like, who curated this? This Speaking of great-great-grandfathers, like, they put those books in there and they've never been touched since. Like, I do like to live among the wealthy. Mm-hmm. I love the sets. I said that the swimming pool is one of my favorite sets. Like, I want to hang out in that swimming pool. Like, it just, like, looks... I mean, you could have a in like in basement swimming pool anywhere but it's like beautiful and like it made me want to go and like take an instagram photo there (laughs) (laughs) but not swim just to clarify yeah every every set is just like super fucking gorgeous in this movie i think like that's something that really works for me um also gorgeous reese witherspoon's hair i like i do think i love like i love her i i am a i'm a stan that's a (laughs) word that i probably said ironically at first but now i say seriously (laughs) um i love her and then there's a scene of sarah michelle geller like on top of Ryan Felipe, but like, but 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 she's just like sitting on his lap, like. Oh, okay, okay. Are you talking about like the the grinding? Scene? I think she's like. I was like, is she touching his dick? And like, it did. What I, I think what I'm coming to is like, it didn't. Like, it felt weird and not sexy, and like I was like uncomfortable. I. It, you're talking about like the sort of dry humping scene. Yes. And she goes, I hate it when things don't go my way. It makes me so horny. <laughs> I was like, this is so fucking nuts. This is crazy. Like, you're about to jack off your stepbrother. <laughs> What's happening? It, um, it is crazy. That scene, I was just like, I was truly just staring at the TV with my jaw dropped. I was like, I can't believe this came out. I was yes. like looking away. I was and like, like Oh, okay, speaking of the sets, I also love the costuming. Like, you really see Sarah Michelle Gellar, like, the scene where she's brushing Selma Blair's hair in the park, and Selma Blair's dressed like maybe a normal 15, 16-year-old, and she's in all black with, like, a fucking Jackie Kennedy hat. Like, yeah, I was like, I she it. looks like she's coming from a funeral. This is so... I love like, it. It's on the nose, right? They're like, she's the devil, <laughs> like, or whatever. Yeah, like, her outfit, her devil outfits are great. They are, like, outfits that, like, people would wear out in like yeah like Lori's side now but i also think like mm. in, like what she's wearing in this scene like where she's sort of jacking him off by sliding up and down his body like i think mm-hmm. she's wearing like a really cool like devilish outfit there too i don't know i like she wears a lot actually, of like lace camisoles like yes which i like lingerie-esque. which i, which I really she even like. wears like a corset i think at one point oh i was gonna say she's wearing a pinstripe corset that matches her mm-hmm. pinstripe suit <laughs> <laughs> Sure. It's like, okay, this is great for kids. Normal stuff the, they're doing. And he is <laughs> he is just always wearing a black turtleneck. And I wanted to ask you folks if you look good in a black turtleneck. If you think you look good in a black turtleneck. I would say yeah. Why not? Yeah. Hmm. Um black turtleneck. I do have a black turtleneck, but it's something that I would have to wear with a sweater on top. Remember when that was a thing? Like a like yeah. Two yeah. years ago, it was like you wear the turtleneck and then the sweater on top, which for me is like it does bring me back to camp, like childhood camp mm. and like being forced to wear that. But anyway, so I look okay in it. Now I feel like it's turtleneck and then like a square neck overall. <laughs> like, oh, also people vests. are doing like overalls over things, and I'm like, I just don't want to buy the things. Like I, ju- I just want one item. Like, yeah, sorry. that's fair. That's fair. Do we yeah. think vests are gonna be big this fall? Yeah, I just I don't don't like can't get into them. I'm like, it's a vest. It's not. It has no. It's not pragmatic. No, yeah, there's no function. Like, yeah, what's yeah, next yeah, to yeah. cummerbund? Like, we're going. I don't want to do that. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, I did want to talk about, because there's a, he get, the 
Sebastian, like, uh, tricking Cecile scene, which is crazy. Um, I, I did, my note here was that this is the kind of guy my mom was, like, afraid of. Like, she was, like, mm. someone's going to, like, sneakily, like, trick you into taking your clothes off and they're yeah. gonna do it exactly this way. Mm. Like, why don't you take this off? And, like, mm-hmm. like he's so smooth and, like, he has very puffy lips. Like, I think, and then like, he that's... fucking shoves her off the bed. <laughs> is know. that now? It's so weird. Maybe it's later. But it's, it's like, he's cruel and violent and a psychopath. <laughs> also, so, wait, like... we should probably touch on the kissing scene of them in the park. Because that's, like, the iconic scene. They yeah, spoof yeah, yeah, it in yeah, Scary yeah. Movie or te- not another teen movie. Whatever. They spoof mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. There's, like, the spit. The spit. Yeah. It, it, that that made me a little uncomfortable just because I, like, imagine all the men scripting it and directing mm. it, you know? Yeah, it's like, well, I kind of felt like it was more homo, like, the for the second she's brushing her hair, it feels very homoerotic. I love like, when they're brushing, when she's brushing her and hair. And then it, like, turns into the kissing scene, which, okay, not to get on my little pie horse, but I felt like this movie overall had, like, a lot of eroticism in it that, like, didn't make me uncomfortable i mean yes the like it's i totally agree with like yes probably some dudes writing this and like whatever but like i thought it was kind of like when they did show it like actually like kissing or touching it was kind of like sweet like Mm. yeah it was a little it was like tender or like it made you feel like the way you're supposed to feel when you watch you're like well i I think i think my take is that like maybe they were all like this is gonna be an amazing like softcore porn like this is gonna be male <laughs> fantasy and then like sarah michelle geller just like showed up and was incredible like, yeah yeah she's just like i'm a fucking actor like and it changed it a little and i think like that's why it works maybe it doesn't work for me but i i mean i'm glad it made someone feel good for me it just <laughs> i was just like they're all evil like they're all bad people even cecile like even cecile like i know that she has an iq of like a rock or whatever but <laughs> yeah, i don't I- I don't empathize with her. Like, stupid idiot. Sorry. I think, yeah, I think, like, they they definitely were, like, the. I, I'm very curious if they knew that Sarah Michelle Gellar was going to show up and, like, act the way she did in this movie because it feels, like, she comes off as, like, such an iconic, like, femme fatale role, but, like, was it supposed to be that or was it supposed mm. to be, like, the two-dimensional yeah. porn role, you know? Yeah. Um, we'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> we could ask her. If I go to heaven, I'll ask God and he'll tell me. I do feel like this part of the movie, I this is why I'm like, okay, this is why I don't remember it as much is because there's so much back and forth plot that yes. happens through conversations between Sebastian and Catherine that I'm like, why are you betraying them? What's going on? Why are you yeah. fucking this random person? Like when they were doing like the letter exchanges, I was like, what? What? <laughs> Who is writing all these fucking letters? Um, but so you kind of like forget what's happening and you're kind of like, I don't know. It just, yeah. that part like fades away when I think about it. It's more just like, oh, this scene was crazy. And this scene was crazy. Exactly. Yeah. It's very, she's the man, like Shakespearean mm-hmm. hijinks, like too, like too much stuff happening. Like writing this, writing this, uh, summary. Like I just like leave out entire things. Cause it's like, what? It, no. Who, well, no. And I think part of what's hard is that this is all taking place during the summer. So, like, obviously, like, the focus here is not that they're teens who go to school. But if they were during the school year, it would sort of, like, anchor it in time a little more for mm-hmm, us. But, like, mm-hmm. because it's the summer, they're all just, like, running around. And you're like, I don't know what's happening. Should I save my rant for later? Let's go that... to the next section. Okay, okay. I'll, then I'll rant. Okay. Wait, I have one more line. Can I say one oh, more yeah, of my favorite? I, 
when he said when Cecile's like, I'm gonna write Ronald an email, and he's like, emails is for geeks and pedophiles. <laughs> Wait, he's right. And I was like, ahead of his time, ahead of his time, no one should write an email. It's for geeks and pedophiles. <laughs> like, I never want to send a fucking email again. I want to get that line tattooed on my body. That would be a t-shirt. Funny. Yeah, let's make that shirt. Well, okay, wait. And the other thing I feel like we have to say is that, like, the Christine Bransky's racist and, like, won't let Cecile be with her music teacher, who's also a student. I should say, when I first was, like, refreshing my memory, they're like, her teacher. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I don't remember anyone fucking their teacher and that being, like, the okay thing, but he's just a tutor. I think those scenes are really fun, actually, when they're, like, horny around the cello. (laughs) It's romantic. I think cellos are horny, so. That's true. All right. The next day, Cecile tells Catherine what happened. Catherine advises her to sleep with a lot of people so she can be experienced for Ronald. Sebastian has feelings for Annette, and while Annette reciprocates, she doesn't trust herself around him. Then she is willing to have sex, but he can't go through with it. Annette heads to a friend's house, and Sebastian meets her there, professes his love, and they have sex. Even though Sebastian has won the bet, he refuses to sleep with Catherine. He says he's going to tell Annette the truth, but jealous Catherine warns him that it will ruin both of their reputations. Sebastian lies to to Annette saying he has no real feelings for her. Uh, who is Catherine and who is Annette? Sorry. I know. It's like I only remember them as like Reese, with, like who they are in real life. People. Catherine yeah. is Sarah Michelle Geller, and okay, Annette okay, is okay, Reese okay, Witherspoon. Okay. I, okay at this point I just like it doesn't make nothing makes sense to me. Um, it's crazy that he would lie to Annette and say that he doesn't have feelings for her rather than be honest. Like that's crazy. It's also I think what it where my rant comes in is the idea of someone who is abstinent, like deciding to have sex with someone as like a, a, a demonstration of like love. I think that's really bad and stupid. And even though like personally, I think it's insane to wait till marriage to have sex. Um, like if that's something you care about, it's okay to like believe that. Yeah, and so you should, yeah. it's not romantic to me. It like feels gross. And I also don't understand why she likes him. Like he's been a jerk to her and he's sleazy and she's a boyfriend. I was just going to say it does yield one of, to me, one of the best scenes in the movie, which is that he's driving, Counting Crows starts playing, and then <laughs> she arrives in Penn Station and mm-hmm. goes up the escalator mm-hmm. that I have gone up. And he's like standing there. And my husband like walked by and was like, why is he standing there with like mass shooter vibes? <laughs> I thought that. I thought that was the best, one of the best scenes in the movie, um, and I loved it. <laughs> I agree. I, I, you know, okay. So one, one thing I also noticed is in this scene, it's like the color correction changes randomly. Yes, and I was yes, like, yes. wait, what? Like everything that's looks why. like Amazon right now. Like this is an Amazon TV show. Yes, <laughs> that's why I was like, there's about to be a shooting. <laughs> well, okay, and my other, like. I I had two points in this chunk of the movie that I was confused about. One, I was like, why did she leave? And, it like, Sarah Michelle Gellar made it seem like she fucking left because she was like, fuck you, Sebastian. But she was like, I'm just going home. Like, yeah. I don't understand. Like, they didn't like, have, like, the returning. fight. Like- and he was like, no, like, I have to get to Penn Station. And then... She just ran out of underwear for the yeah, like- weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, the other thing was, like, when he tells her that he has no feelings for her, I was like, I don't understand. I thought he was he was going there to tell her the truth about what happened. And I'm like, did he get convinced by Sarah Michelle Gellar that he couldn't change 
so that mm-hmm. he had to like spurn Annette to preserve yeah, his like yeah. playboy. It was a bit of a stretch, I thought plot wise. It was just like what what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, there was just sort of there was just this is the part of the movie that like to your point, Claire, I was like, there's so much going on, like who like why are they mad at each other again? And like you just have to like look at the vibes and like sort of let it glaze past your eye. Like I agree. I like the only thing that anchors this part of the movie is that they do have sex, but like it's strange because the one sex scene in this movie, which this movie is so horny successfully, that like it's so strange that the one actual sex scene in this movie, we don't know where they are. There's no beautiful, gorgeous set. After the whole movie of people being extremely horny, the sex is like very romantic and like boring. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that. I think that's maybe the gotcha of the movie, but I hated it. Like, I hated that that was the one sex scene we get. Um, that's so yeah. f- funny because I, I liked it. I thought it was so sweet. It was like, <laughs> I mean, they're making a point, right? They're making a point to be like, yeah, yeah he's having this relationship yeah. with her that's like tender and real, but also like, I just have, I feel like half the time I was like, remember that they're supposed to be 17 and you can like fall in love with someone in two weeks and like, blah 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 right 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 i do i do think that like i was wondering if the movie was trying to make it like uh annette who's reese witherspoon (laughs) like annette annette like wanted to have sex the whole time and Mm. he just like sort of like opened her eyes which like (laughs) i also jane i think like the the similar feeling you're feeling is when people get mad at the end of greece because like sandy changes for him but like you're so distracted by how fun Greece is that like it doesn't matter. But also so he changes like for her. Movie... I'm I'm unfortunately a big Greece defender. He changes for her. Like <laughs> just because she looks like really hot in that outfit, like we overlook the fact that he like joins the track team or whatever and like he yeah, takes yeah, yeah, off his yeah, yeah. jacket. Like he has he's also changing for her. And maybe we're supposed to think that Ryan like maybe that's like an intention here, but it's not followed through. Like Ryan Felipe does not change. Like he's a jerk. There's Ronald. I wrote a note about Ronald. He's, he's the, the ce- cello teacher. Yeah. Oh, I wrote that he's kind of like normal and he's yes. like <laughs> he's like the person that's like the 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 viewer and he's like there's some fucked up shit going yeah, on yeah. in this house. He's like, like stuck house. in the house. He needs to get he needs to get out. And just to reference another film. Um yeah, I, at this point I'm like this is insane. I think the fact that they're high schoolers, like, really doesn't work for me. And I was wondering, like, why couldn't this be a college movie? Because mm. being a virgin in high school is very normal. <laughs> Not in this movie, but it's, like, very normal. Whereas if you were, like, abstinent in college, or maybe she could have... It could have, like, not been about the abstinence at all. It could have been, like, just something less gross, um, basically, is what I'm saying. Uh, I, I just feel think like, it should have been set in college. I feel like that this time when, like... When did this movie come out again? It was like 1999. Yes, I feel like that was peak high school culture is pop culture. It was like yeah. Sarah Michelle yeah. Gellar was like the fucking queen for playing Buffy. Buffy was sent in set in or was she in Buffy yet? Yeah, she was already, right. yeah. Okay, so it was just like so like high school focused, I feel like overall with like the movies that were coming out. Yeah. And like the the TV shows and stuff like that, and, like... Yeah, and I think I think part of the fascination, too, Jane, is that, like... Like, if Gossip Girl didn't exist, this is your Gossip Girl to be, like, wow, aren't New York City private school kids insane? Like, that, mm. I think, is, like, what the movie is trying to capitalize on, and I think it 
think it did that successfully. Like, there's mm-hmm. a reason everyone, like, loved it. And, like, there was some part of them that was like, wouldn't it be so crazy if this was truly what New York City kids are like in high school? Even though it doesn't look like that to your eyes. Maybe um, I'm just, like, grown up now. But I will say it's a, it's a better time in our life. Well, not my life, because I wasn't born. Well, I was born. I was six. Anyway, when h- movies in theaters were about high schoolers. Like, let's go back. Yeah, well, yeah. There's we this... complained about that last week. <laughs> I agree with you guys because I feel like, okay, can I go on my little rant? Yeah. yeah. There's this really incredible article, like, it's from the website called The Blood and Knife. I don't know what the fuck, it sounds really scary, but it's about, like, it's called Everybody's Sexy or Everyone's But Nobody's Horny or whatever. Yeah, it's like everyone's yes. hot but no one's horny. And, and, yes. I and love this that movie article. really reminded me of that. And so if you haven't read the article and you're listening, the thesis of this is that, like, as we've seen more, essentially Marvel is like the biggest example of these actors being like, their bodies are perfect, they're rock hard, the women are <laughs> tiny, like, they're all, everyone's perfectly muscled, everyone's perfectly groomed. Like, you're not seeing essentially real people on the screen anymore. You're seeing real people who, like, are, you know, been fasting or training for months, or they're getting, like, $10,000 laser facial peels, like, every six days, or whatever the fuck, to look that hot. But as, as, as that goes up, we see less and less, like, real human, like, sexuality and eroticism in movies. Like, everyone's so hot in Marvel, but, like, they're not real people, and they don't hook up. Like, there's no, there's yeah. maybe, like, a chaste kiss or something like that, but there's no eroticism, which is, like, a sharp turn from what you would see also, like, in the 90s and the 2000s. And then also to this point as well, is like, I feel like the sets look so exciting to us in this movie because, yeah. like, I watched a fucking 30-second clip or minute clip of um blackish and i was like this is their home like they it looks like the yeah. set of a fucking geico commercial like there's like yeah. it's like everything looks like it's been taken from nordstrom and put in there and there's no like evidence of people living in this house like there's no mess and if you look at earlier sitcoms or tv like you just see like there's shit everywhere that means people live there there's like notes on the fridge and there's trash in the garbage and like the kids leave stuff out and there's like crumbs. And so I felt like in the lens of that, this movie feels very refreshing because like their sets feel like while incredibly wealthy and beautiful, they're like lived in and like, there's like connection. Yeah. 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 And so I feel like maybe that's also why like watching it from this perspective now, I was like, Oh my God, like this is, I I, I said, there's more eroticism in this movie than like 80% of anything that like has come out in theaters. Like, yeah, lately. and I, I, I totally agree, and I think that, like, Riverdale is, like, a great example hmm. of that, too, where they're, like, all beautiful, and they, like, kind of hook up with each other or are dating each other, but none of it feels sexual to me. Um, and Gossip Girl, I think, when I think about this movie, or this, yeah, when I think about this and Gossip Girl, I think that, like, Gossip Girl was starting to turn, where they still had people be horny for each other, but they were, like, let's take cruel intentions and, like, kind of strip things that were crazy from it so that people can like understand Mm. it better so they're like actually trying to go to school and they're like not as stupid but that was like where it was starting (laughs) to turn where i like like i i want blair and like chuck bass to get together but then like by the time the end of gossip girl is coming like i don't really like care about people hooking up it's more about the like drama of between the people and like who is gossip girl (laughs) did you read um the books the gossip girl books i've only read the first and jane you've read more of them right i loved the books for me that was like 
and it was crazier than the show because like they did coke and they walked around naked at parties and like that was yeah and they were fucking non-stop and like Mm -hmm. people were dealing with like revenge porn and it was like it was juicy and it was cool and then why i I remember watching the show and being like this fucking sucks the books are better and i was like i'm never watching yeah they like (laughs) they like all they kept was that like chuck bass was sort of like this sebastian character and they were like people will be attracted to him and it's it's like yeah yeah sort of but not not horny i don't know Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so it was not horny. What's like? What's the horniest movie you guys have seen recently? Like, I honestly think because I've always talked about how yearning is like the horniest thing. Oh, okay. There's a Carrie Mulligan movie. I don't know if this qualifies. There's a Carrie Mulligan movie. I'm looking it up. That is so horny. Um, but it's all about the yearning. Like they literally just like I don't even want to spoil it. But um, wait, this is not my uh the the teacher one, is it? It's far from the matting crowd. Okay. <laughs> That's the horniest movie I've seen in a long time. It came out in 2015. I can't think of the horniest movie I've seen, but when you, I don't know if this is true, but when you said that, the first thing I thought of was, um, oh my God, Guillermo del Toro's fish movie. Oh my God. Shape of Water. Shape of Water is when she fucks the fish god. I love Shape of Water. It's good. I unironically loved watching that movie in theaters and I had a blast and I would watch it again. Um, I think the first or the first movie that came to mind for me was I watched Mr. and Mrs. Smith when I was like 12 Mm. or 13 with with uh, Brangelina and I thought that was like the horniest thing i'd ever seen i need and to I see kinda, that movie i kind of like don't want to go back and watch it in case oh. it's actually not horny <laughs> but jane you should watch it and tell me if it's horny because are I there remember... mysteries do they solve mysteries in that movie no it's just like more like they're both spies but the the the, the like tension is like they don't know that they're oh. each other's they're married and spies right that's sort of what like if, spy yeah. kids like it's like what a spy <laughs> kid. another it's horny like, movie married. yeah <laughs> It's like, what if you're married and you're a spy and, like, your enemy is, like, the spy for the other side and also your wife? Okay. I I, I actually love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go to the last blurb. Okay. Sebastian asks Catherine for his award for winning the bet. Catherine reveals that she manipulated him into abandoning Annette for her own amusement. She refuses to sleep with him. Sebastian gives Annette his journal, which explains everything. Catherine calls Ronald, claiming that Sebastian hit her. Ronald fights Sebastian, and when Annette intervenes, she is thrown into traffic. Sebastian pushes her to safety, but ends up getting hit by a taxi. Sebastian and Annette confess their love for each other before he dies. At Sebastian's funeral, Cecile hands out copies of Sebastian's journal, destroying Catherine's reputation. In the final scene, Annette drives away in Sebastian's car with his journal at her side. So, I just want to comment at the end scene. I'm like, these bitches can read fast as fuck. (laughs) there's a lot of content that's a fat journal it's almost full it's so elaborate it's collage (laughs) that's like seven in in the 1999 that's about twelve hundred dollars worth of photocopies with spiral binding that cecile is handing out i'm like yeah this is the upper west side (laughs) they have photocopy money yeah, I totally agree. I think that I was surprised. Like, I knew they were going to reveal the journal, but I was surprised. I do actually think the journal is, like, femme, like, to me. Like, I... Wow, I, I not just of, queer. Like, I... Kind of, <laughs> 
I kind of was taken aback by how much they put, again, like how much they're putting into the props and set, but like, it truly looks like when you watch a TikTok of like the collage, have you seen those TikToks where they're like showing each step of the collage and in real life, it takes them like seven hours and like you're watching it in one minute. It's beautiful. And like, that's what he had to do. I, I also just the journal, like what percent of it is before this event? Like 80%. So 80% of this journal is just like, yeah, I fucked Tara Reid. And then I put her (laughs) nude pictures online. I created this website. You can go to it at here at www. Like most of it is about him being a dick. So for me, I'm like, I would not be convinced by this journal. I would be like, I I think that the only sticking point for me is that like, it doesn't make sense why everyone turns on her when multiple women are implicated in it. Like Mm. you would have to like, have a synthesis and be like oh yes she was like the mastermind but like yeah to your point claire like you'd have to read it and have like a book club discussion yeah a reese's book club. and they're all going yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're all shaking, their shaking her head i do think this song the song paired with the scene is incredible like it's mm-hmm. the one of the best i think it's maybe the best scene in the movie i can understand why it became iconic like this movie like set off this song and like I think it's one of the best, like, soundtrack paired with climax of the movie moments, like, I have seen. Um, and I, I loved that part of the movie maybe most. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved hearing that song in that part. <laughs> I agree. It was great. I mean, it's a great ending. It's melodramatic and it's crazy as fuck. And, like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, like, she's crying, but it's also interesting because I'm, like, she always talks about her reputation. Like, actually, all of them do. They're addicted to talking about their reputations. Mm-hmm. But we never actually see it. So you don't oh really God. care. You have no idea what she's lost. You're just like, fuck you, bitch. But at the same time, yeah. I'm glad Sebastian died. Because I'm like, you were not redeemed despite not fucking over one person. Yeah. yeah. Also, also, I've also been near this part of Central Park, which tickled me. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> I, I think it's funny, the whole reputation thing. Like, so much of that comes from being seen in school. Like, that's yes, that's where... That's point too. Another thing about why I think this should be set in college is it's set during the summer. So, like, it doesn't matter that they're in high school in so many ways. Where, like, if you get to see people in high school, you really get to see, like, social hierarchy. So that would be... That would have been nice for moi. Well, I was going to say, if we wanted, like one scene to establish because like near the start of the movie i think sebastian tells Catherine like something and she's like well i'm beloved by everyone and i think that like that would maybe work a tiny bit better if they um if they like had a scene in the start where everyone was like leaving for summer and everyone like loves her yeah because like the whole movie it's just her being evil so you're like i don't i mean i love her for that but like i don't see how other people see her yeah Yeah. i mean she helps out she helps out um cecile's mom at the beginning so we're supposed to be like oh she's like a trusted source but even that i'm like my mom's yeah parents love her parents love her because she dresses like them i'm like all these parents are like I need, I'm coming over to your house for you to tell me that my kid's been doing something bad. Like, it's like, yeah. she's, it is like, it's like what you said. She's smarter than the adults in the room. She's manipulating all of them by her position of being like class president or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah. Even if they had just been like, okay, show us like, show her like saying bye to everyone leaving for the summer. And like, everyone's like, thank you, class president. Like that, yeah. that would have like helped a bit because it was so fun when they threw, threw the flyers all around campus on this beautiful campus and Sorry. the song is playing. It's like Mean Girls when they photograph the burn book, you know, but you 
Yeah. You get so much more of, like, the, in- the school interactions, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, and there's, because of that, Jane, to your point, like, there's not really, like, stakes of, like, there's the reputation, but there's not really stakes of, like, what that does to you in school. I guess, like, I guess Reese Witherspoon is a little worried about, like, what it'll be like for her in school. I'm not sure. Where's her Um, boyfriend at? At the end, first of all, I do like that she gets the car, the car that Catherine wanted. Oh, I I don't know how, like, legally that works, but. uh. I'm obsessed with the car. I'm obsessed with her little skinny rich girl watch that she, um. that she wears in the car i like really like zoned in on that and i was like i think i need a watch that looks like that but from like h&m or something like i just want to feel like her i feel like (laughs) i like really fixated on it i feel like also it's like she's going away and she's like yes we ruined Catherine, which is good but i'm like yeah in about 10 more miles she's gonna be like oh and he like date raped cecile and (laughs) built the porn website like for his therapy like you know what i mean it's like Girl, you're smiling because he's dead also, I hope. Because you don't have to deal with finding out about that in real life. Yeah, now she can just, like, go to college with a nice car. Also, like, her boyfriend never hadn't come back from Europe yet. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know about this. She can just date him. (laughs) Yeah, her boyfriend's going to come back and be like, hey, how was your summer? (laughs) It's fine. I love you. (laughs) She's going to be like, you know what? Yeah. I think I'm going to start a book club. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay are we at the end Jane? yeah should we wrap up all I've right said all i can say we've come to the end where we each answer three questions and claire you can go first okay the first question is is this movie good or bad i think it's good it's a good movie <laughs> it's like jane yeah you can no you can expand on no, that oh, i would just say you know it's uh polarizing but engaging and you kind of don't care about the bad parts when you're done like mm. plot wise and stuff for me yeah i found it bad that's probably <laughs> obvious from my many rants isa i think it's beautiful vibes but bad the second question is did you like this movie claire i mean i liked it but some parts i hate it so i feel like <laughs> you know in that sense it, it made me like it because i was emotionally engaged for the mm-hmm. whole time yeah I didn't like it, and I do think it's really important to understand that I had just watched Naked Attraction, and that yeah, I, I think that you're like having a reaction. I felt yeah. really gross, and also like there is like a like I do have like inside of me like a very anti-sex, pure like puritanical, mm-hmm. like prudish part of me. So it was hard for me to oh, watch. Interesting. It was like too horny for you. But it's not. No, no, no. There is a difference because like I love yearning, but I don't like this type of like whatever. I don't think yearning stepsisters. equals horny. No, it, it doesn't. Oh, stand on it. yes, it does. Guys, goop, no. just yearning. Yes, no. guys, no. I stand by this. I stand by it too. I think you're. I think it's like when you're yearning, you are horny because yeah. you're not getting any. So it's yeah. like, it's like, yeah. But the the act of yearning itself is not romantic. I'm an impatient person, so maybe that's pretending. I mm. am pro yearning, and I don't like when stepsisters stepsisters fooling around is not horny to me. I think Wait, there's the no stepsisters fooling around. Sorry, step sibling. Stepsister <laughs> with stepbrother. Um, Stepsister. <laughs> we're f- we're f- he's fam. We're queering him. Yeah, we're queering him. We're sissy boy domination um, <laughs> of Sebastian. I loved this movie. I think that I had a blast. I it was funny because I was like cracking up watching this, Jane, and Nate would like walk by and be like, Jane is gonna hate this movie. <laughs> So, like, I knew what was happening, and I had a blast, and 
I kind of want to go back and watch it with my friend who watched it when she was too young. <laughs> like, I think that would be really funny. She'll, like, end up in fetal position on the ground. <laughs> Trauma response. <laughs> the third question is, what type of teen is this movie for, Claire? It's for adults. I don't yeah. think it's for teens. It's like, if you're a teen, you've ta- obviously are going to watch it and be like, oh my god, this is so crazy. But it's like a, yeah. one of those movies that's a teen movie very clearly written from an adult perspective the way they talk the things they do all that stuff Mm. yeah if if teens any teen that like claims to watch us would would be like an edgy team teen and they would want i feel like there would there would probably be a lot of like social uh heft in like saying you watched it i'm sure that was a thing i agree with that i also think somebody would kind of make someone watch this to sort of like haze them a little and be like what are you are you grossed out like to be like, what? Are you not cool enough to take it? Mm. Are you not edgy enough to like think this is art? Like, I can imagine like a artsier or just cooler teen hazing me is what I'm saying. Um, but I agree mostly that it is for adults or can be used as a weapon. <laughs> um, <laughs> Claire, what are you watching these days? That's not this. Um, I love Lord of the Rings, so I'm watching the new series. <laughs> yeah. I'm like. A huge freak for Lord of the Rings. I've seen them. Do you are you enjoying the new series? Yeah, I like it. I think it's okay. like really fun, and I'm not. I don't know. You said like stand culture or whatever. I feel yeah, like yeah, has yeah. fully come to every realm of the the media, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like seeing people freak out over it not being accurate or there being like black elves is so disappointing <laughs> and lame. Obviously, it's like bitch. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. an elf. Shut the also, fuck up. Also, that one guy is so hot. Yes, that one guy is so he's hot. so sexy. Um, um, I think I, I've, like, come around to it. I think I didn't like it as much in the start, and mm-hmm. now I'm, like, coming around to it. Yeah, it's, it's hard because I'm such a diehard Lord of the Rings fan. I love the books, and I love the movies, and so I it's, love like, the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just the first episode of being, like, wow, it really does look like we're there. Like, I was just, like, I'm obsessed. I have to, like, give it, like, I like it. I felt like I haven't watched the most recent episode. I do feel like parts okay. of it drag and like some of the plots i'm just like what's happening but there's enough good stuff to outweigh it i think for me i like the memes i like the memes of people being like they put speech bubbles on the characters and they're like there is never going to be a funny little guy named Gollum. Like, <laughs> yeah he's never gonna be there I've like, seen i think those. that's so funny i've seen those. jane what are <laughs> jane what are you watching lately? i need to share that um the national horny yearning day is <gasps> april 16th that's the day after tax, you have to file your taxes. Hmm. But that's the, the day fact after that birthday. you have to call it horny and yearning means that there's multiple, there's two things. I also read yearning, related. yearning is wholesome related. horniness. I also read that online. I don't think that's I true. I think they're separate but related, and I also think that's not true, yeah. Have you read you that? I don't think it's... Sorry, go ahead. What? There's that letter from that one writer. I feel like... Oh, God, what the fuck is his name? He's very famous. What about, he's like into farting. Yes. And I'm like, that's not very wholesome. He's like, fart on this letter and send it back. Yeah. You like, think that that's I'm, yearning? That's horny. That's letter writing no, that, is yearning. I no. Okay. See, this is a whole other discussion. Okay. That okay is, we should have, we'll have Claire back just to <laughs> yearning. Really debate of debate. The thing is, I, I agree. Bring I do want to say like, I agree that like horniness is like an umbrella term and perhaps <laughs> yearning is just like one, one, uh, spoke of that umbrella okay i'm watching speaking of horny the show i'm watching the show tell me lies 
distinctly horny. <laughs> um, there's a lot oh, of sex. You're so right. It is actually a show that I was surprised that it was hornier than. I think it's it bad. I, yeah. I think it's bad, and I I will keep watching. Um, yeah. yeah. I love the main actress. She looks exactly like Shailene Woodley. She's fucking gorgeous. There's just like there's two actors from the society on it. It's just it's bad. It's I, yeah, I like Yeah, but it. we're we're like we don't like the guy. Can you like say what the premise yeah. is for the listener? Okay. The premise is first of all it's set in college, which is kind of rare, but it may be becoming more of a thing. There is a young freshman girl who goes to college and she has like drama with her mom and her family. Um, and then she meets this guy and he also has like a fucked up family and they start a relationship, but he's like secretly dating someone else. And then in the first episode, like her roommate dies and like, there's lots of like, um, there's a lot of like secrets happening. The way that it's framed is that she, in the future, they all go to like a wedding of one of the college friends and she like is seeing him again for the first time after having like a really like fiery, but tumultuous relationship. And you're like, what happened? And unfortunately, I don't think the guy is hot. So, like, that's, like, hard for me. Um, but I do like you have his to, voice. Just, like, <laughs> I, I felt the same way. And we agreed that his hair is not what it should be. Yeah. But his body is okay. really amazing. <laughs> okay. Um, I watched the first episode of that show. I also am um, watching a little more of um, Industry, which I really like. Um, and... I think the main actress is a star and she she was in Bodies Wise Bodies Jane and she's going to be incredible and like I'm for it. I think she's incredible and I think the show is good even though it's about like being a girl boss in um finance. <laughs> oh, I also watched Jane, which was bad. <laughs> okay, good. I'm so out of the loop it. at all shows. Um That's okay. I, it's for the I had be- a it's hard the best. time before I started watching Industry again, I like had this moment where I was like, wait. I'm not really watching anything, and it was kind of nice. Freeing? That's how I was before <laughs> yeah. Tell Me Lies. Like, Walter and I would, like, we watched, like, three episodes of Call Me Saul. Three, like, we weren't committed call to me anything. Saul. Wait. What better call. Called? Better call Saul. Better call, call me. I don't even and know you gotta, why. You gotta call him Saul. Saul. You're not wrong. But, like, his name isn't Saul at this point in the show, and so I'm very confused. Um, his name is Jimmy. You know what else is good? League of Their Own. I watched the first two episodes, oh. and I thought it was really funny. So oh. What is it about? It's like about you know that movie League of Their Own. It's about like Madonna's in it and Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, 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 oh so yeah, they made yeah, a series. Yeah. It's like World War Two. There's no baseball. Everyone's in the war. So they make an, a female baseball team, and it's like every baseball. lesbian in the United States in the 40s hears the call and is like, mm-hmm. "Let's go, girls." So <laughs> it's cool because it really was very gay, and like a lot of the women who are in it who are still alive are like, "Yeah, I'm queer. I'm like an out lesbian now," and stuff like that. And so it's a very gay show. It's pretty like. Most people in it are either explicitly out or, like, you can just tell um, they're going to come out. (laughs) So it's really cool. It's, like, it's very, like, um, not for the male gaze kind of, like, lesbian relationships, I I would say. It sounds like it's for the bi's and the gays and, like, yeah, you have to at least be bi. Well, I don't know. I think it's really funny. A straight person could like it. <laughs> like, no, but, no. <laughs> and I just thought it was done really well. Um, but it's funny seeing Abby Jacobson in it because I'm like, why is she talking like this? She's from Broad City. Or like, you know, you have, oh, you have like a minute of you being like, wait. Because it's the 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's like, has I a love scene Darcy Carden too. Where she's like in the bus and her shirt's unbuttoned. And it's like all the guys are like, yeah. But like to us, it just looks like she's wearing a tank top. 
And I'm yeah. like, why are they freaking out? And I'm like, oh, that was like lingerie in 1941. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was the bones. Catherine of that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Claire, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming and doing this movie with us. It was so fun. Um, Is there anything you want to plug? Uh, um, no, I don't have anything cool and exciting coming up yet. But um, I guess you can follow follow me on Instagram, <laughs> TikTok, and Twitter. Oh, TikTok. It's all... Oh, TikTok. I, yeah, I need to... I don't know. I just like... I love that app, unfortunately. Uh, same. Uh, according to Jane... I'm going to roast you every time. Jane says she has already seen all the TikToks. Trust me. Not not Claire's, though. There's more. There's more. <laughs> I would watch Claire's. Um. <laughs> Claire, can you tell us what um what your feed is like? What your for you page is like? Yeah, it's really weird. It's like a mix of like animal stuff. Okay. And like, oh, this cute cat's getting rescued, rescued, and then it's like, oh, I found a boa constrictor in my car. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, I'm scared. Um, and then yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I love on TikTok for the voyeurism. Like, I'm not like, yay, comedy videos are making me laugh. I'm like stay-at-home girlfriend part 34 like what is yeah. she doing today i need to know and like yeah, yeah. we're it's fucked i follow up. yeah i follow a brandy melville model oh my and god she just like takes videos around her house and like how she's decorating her house and it it's truly like it might as well be science fiction i know there's okay once i really got into it like the moms who make like little bento box lunches for their kids oh. but they're like doing like weird oh. shit and they're putting like little dip they're like and here are my dippers and i'm like that's carrots you cut up carrots they're like my special dippers and i'm like carrots with salt on them like okay god we get it um so yeah i don't know i always just like see like i want to find like the the weird shit that's on tiktok yeah i i'm i think like i'd be cool enough to handle it but my for you page is telling me that i actually just want to look at models um (laughs) Jane, would you like to mention our upcoming movie? It's Every Day, a movie based on a book that I read in college for a college class. Oh, should I read it or you want to go into it with me not reading it? You shouldn't read it. Okay. <laughs> no one really should read it. No, I, I mean, it was it was very popular, say. The book? Yeah. Oh, interesting. But I do think, yeah, I do think things like that, now that they're turned into Netflix shows, you can... You can rest and be feel superior knowing that you've read the book and you don't have to watch a Netflix <laughs> show, although it sounds like this is going to be your second time watching it. No, I've never seen this movie. Okay, I've been okay, dying okay. to see it. Okay. Because like oh, okay. it's the kind of book you read and you're like, this for this, how could this be a movie? How could this be a movie? They're going to try. Well, clearly, someone felt that with the Dangerous Liaisons book. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's what happened. Thank you so much, Claire. Um, Thank you. That was Under the Bleachers, our podcast about teen content. We would love if you hit that subscribe button whatever way you get your podcasts. Don't forget to rate and leave a review, and please share us with a friend. And with a teen. You can get in touch with us at underthebleacherspod at gmail.com and find us on Twitter at, at @bleacherteens. Also, subscribe to our Patreon to kick us some support, especially if you can't get enough and want some added perks. Um, Jane, we got a new Patreon subscriber for the roll call. Oh. Um, at patreon.com slash under the bleachers pod. Okay, we will see you next time. Under, under the bleachers! The bleachers. <laughs> <laughs>